in a world where the ordinary meets the extraordinary, prepares a journey beyond the veil of reality to uncover secrets that defy explanation. Welcome to a Dead Letter Podcast, where we delve into the mysterious and unexplained phenomena that have fascinated humans for centuries. In each episode, we will explore some of the most intriguing and spine-tingling aspects of the paranormal world. But beware, for the line between reality and the supernatural is thinner than you think. Will you dare to listen? Trash Pandas, welcome back to Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha Badass. So today, um, I think I was going to tell Buddha, because I know that a lot of you guys want Buddha on social media, but I, he's going to address why he doesn't get on social media, and honestly, some of the things he said scared me, too. So <laughs> yeah, okay, oh God, so I am going to bring that out to you guys. I do love the fans, so I am going to join for the fans. Oh, yeah. Um, we are, I'm sitting here trying to actually brainstorm a format in which I will feel secure in my own self. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time, I want you guys to know the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come out there with a weird mask on or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to really edit the information that I put out there. Mm-hmm. It's really because of the fact that um, years ago when you know the IT and Facebook had been in the, I would say, infancy stage. It had been past the baby stage, but it had been there for a while. I went to IT, mm-hmm. learned a good amount of IT courses, actually went to go get my A-plus certification, and then get a, sorry, and then get a certification in the Ethernet and networking. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it made me extremely just paranoid. I found out actual facts, like Facebook is attempted hack. They uh, People are trying to hack Facebook, I think it's 168,000 times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have go find, come find a baller.com off of Facebook. So you can look at somebody's Facebook page and see what clubs and what places they're going to. So you can actually sneak attack date somebody. You can catfish people. Oh wow! That you, they make over a certain income. There's a whole website that, that gives you that, that information. Like yeah, it's a uh, find a baller. Damn. And there's a thing. Another one I think is called uh, uh, comerobme.com. Mm-hmm. That's built off of Facebook too, off of that same platform. Of it tells whenever somebody's at, away from their home and the time span that they're going to mm-hmm. be away from their house. And giving out all that public information. Mm. Simultaneously, you see the thing that's happening with Elon Musk, where he's having this huge problem with this kid tracking wherever his jet lands and plane flies and tracking a person's life. So it's just something for me that I feel like giving yourself out of a lot of that information, I feel like it started off as a fun family platform Mm -hmm. and has, and, and look it up, Google it. Facebook has been sued numerous times and their lawsuit is because of selling people's information Mm -hmm. and giving out information. And I actually was part of the smaller part of that because I was trying to have them delete my information. And they told me it's the property of Facebook. If you, if you ever actually try and delete your Facebook account, you'll find out you cannot Mm -hmm. or any of the pictures and all that stuff on there. Like some of it, once it passed a certain timeline, you can't, 
you I don't care how embarrassing or whatever you felt about it. It's Facebook's property now. Mm-hmm. And they do with it what they want. And usually they sell it and give it out to other countries and other places. So just because of that, yeah. it just made me extremely paranoid. Extremely paranoid. Yeah. Um, and I can go into it for a long time because in that class, I learned so much. There's actually a hacker convention. Mm. And they're paid by the major corporations. They're paid by Microsoft. They're paid by Apple. That's who gives you the reward. Mm -hmm. There's actually, like, you know how there's rom-com? Yeah. There's actually a hacker-com. That's crazy because I know I remember you saying, too, that a lot of times accounts get duplicated. And it's funny that you said that because somebody had messaged me. This was, like, probably a few months ago. And they was like, is that you? And, like, I was like, that's not me. Like, you know, there's duplicate accounts. People will duplicate your account and then request somebody as your fr- as a friend. You yeah, know no. I mean? so, it's not just that. It's almost, and they funny. said it because of the fact that Facebook is uh, attacked so many times by hackers. Yeah. It, if they, they, I think it's the time span of three years. Mm-hmm. But if you've had an account with them for over three years is almost guaranteed uh-huh. someone already has stolen your identity. Uh-huh. Like my girl's sister, I mean, not sister, my girl's father, that just recently happened. It was like a couple of months ago. He started messaging us out of nowhere off of Facebook and was asking us for money and talking oh, about yeah. he, he like he's doing bad in their life and yeah. surgery is happening. And we were like, what the hell is going on, Dad? Yeah. And he's like, and he started texting her. He got, he got their phone information and everything. He started texting her and all that off of his Facebook account. That's a big thing going on. Like scammers will get their information yeah. to try to get money out of people. And it actually had his account though. Yeah. Actually had his Facebook because she went on there figuring it out and he's talking to other people in the family. Yeah. And it had been hacked. It was this white guy. <laughs> this whole time when we actually, because we know we have called, I think it's Life Safe, I think it is, that uh-huh. we have for our security, for our identity. Uh-huh. And I've actually had my identity stolen three times. Uh-huh. So Damn. that's one of the reasons why I'm, it's not because I'm speaking of something that I'm just saying of this what if paranoia. Yeah. One of the times a guy, you know, he stole my identity and he was paying full credit card bills and that he got proof from, from the same bank I was banking with. And I was like, so I applied for a credit card. You denied me, but you gave it to the guy. You gave yeah, it to the that, identity. That, that, that was wild when he told me. Like, how the hell you can't get a credit card, but the fraudster can. But the fraudster like, person the, can. That was too much. That was too much. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And from that happening to me simultaneously, I will tell you guys. Then you become in those people, and this if you guys are one of them left wingers kind of believing like, hey, I don't want the government watching you, then you're already kind of like, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Number one, they all have the rights to watch everything that's put on Facebook. Simultaneously, once if you admit to being somebody who has been the, the victim of identity theft, mm-hmm. you get on their radar too. By default, they're watching everything you do and they will tell you that I had to sign some paperwork and all this type of documents where it was like for two years, they get to watch and track and tap all my cl- my stuff mm-hmm. to try and prove I'm me. Oh, yeah. And so now sure I'm being are. watched by the government just to prove I'm me. Yeah, to make sure you're telling the truth because a lot of people on the flip side of things will try to lie and say, you know, this wasn't me that did this, you know? Right. So that's why now they got to watch you too, which is irritating. Right. Now yeah. I'm trying to get you to watch the thief, but now they got that, but they say they can't say it for sure that I'm not me to prove that I am because they all have the verification information that I have. Oh, that is. That's, and now they're watching them and watching me to see who's the one that proves that they're me. That's the most heart-wrenching thing. I can't even imagine what you were going through when that happened. Right? So that's one of the things that I'm just like, mm, it has put a very, very, very sour taste mm-hmm. in my mouth about just promoting myself for entertainment. Yeah. And promoting myself to give frivolous information about my life. Mm-hmm. 
I thank you for telling everyone that I'm sure that like you definitely like reached out to somebody. Somebody's going to close their Facebook behind that because it's really scary. Uh, well, like, I think you should alter how you have it. Like uh-huh. limit the interaction to what it should be as a public information yeah. post, you know, treat it like that, that type of forum in yeah. which you're just treating it as, you know, big event post that you're kind of doing as a celebratory thing, holidays, yeah. graduations, you know, things like that. And, and trying, because I do see it in being that, oh, keeping the family in contact thing, but it should not be, I, I think people give too much, and uh, you know, yeah and I I'm, think- not, I'm sorry that, you know, it looks like celebrities that are doing it, and there are a few that I could think of, mm-hmm. I don't want to say their name because I don't want to knock them down about it, yeah <laughs> but I feel like it's even encouraged by celebrities where you're oversharing now, you're oversharing yeah. with the public, with the world's not safe like that. Well, and there was one um, thing that you should be encouraged to do. Like if you're really on vacation, post all that stuff when you come back and then put you're at this place. Right. Yeah, put, but don't put, put it you're really there at that time. When you're at when the time when you're being out there taking yeah. a face out of, on, on at that moment. Because that means that somebody's very aware that you're not home. Yeah, I think that's what happened to that. Uh, Kim Kardashian got rap, robbed like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that rapper, what was it, PNB Rock? Like, I think they put, like, where he was at. And right, he overly posted what he's currently and at. And so they went yeah. to where he was at. That's how he got killed. And that's how Kim Kardashian got robbed. Because they knew not come to her room. Oh, because yeah. her and her security was not there. Yeah. Damn, that's it's scary out there. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And those, those are people that are millionaires, and we can't afford security like that, and they getting hit. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So if somebody really got the determination, I feel like you, what it is is you're aiding your stalker. You're mm-hmm. making it easier for your a person who may think you're cute, may be fond of girls with brown hair and braids, yeah. whatever it is that may be his fetish and getting off on. And you are helping add to his list and making it easier for you to become his victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary out there. It's almost as if you're wearing a name tag and then say, don't get pulled over by strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get in the car with a stranger, but everybody knows your name. Yeah. And they know who you are. Like, hey, Kyle. And oh, you know yeah. their sister, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know your friend. I know what high school you went to because you're giving all that information out. That makes sense. That's like when my kids went to school, you know, I used to, I thought it was cute to like have like, my kids' names or something like in broader, and I found out don't do that. Like I literally right. stopped doing that because then somebody's gonna know their name randomly, and be like, I and know be like who yeah. does not have that good intention. Yeah, exactly. So I stopped doing that. You know right. what I mean? I know my son when he would get haircuts. Remember how they used to put their name in their hair, and I thought that was so cute. And I stopped doing that when he used to have hair. He has dreads now, but I used to get his little fade and put his little name in it. And that's not cute. Yeah, you took it there. You I did. Take it there, he was the flyest. <laughs> he was kid. the flyest, Why? but I was like, I don't want him to get kidnapped, <laughs> so let me stop doing that. And he easily does. And yeah. he can. Because, like I said, it is the intention. I, I do believe in the, the better of society, and I do see the how it originated, and it is something that is a very family oriented beginning. Yeah. But the the perversions of people and the opportunity mm-hmm. was too is too rich for people yeah to because we know not everybody pays for fire not everybody believes in firewalls mm-hmm. not everybody believes in security systems mm-hmm. not everybody believes in even having a modem mm-hmm. you know that to have what they call the demilitarize on what somebody would tell you that you're supposed to have a server and a modem because it helps for the defense of your computer system. But people would, most people would be like, this is something I learned in IT. But most people are like, why wouldn't you just trying to talk me into spending this extra 60 something dollars? But these are all the things that they, they, they these people do for their own computers to build the security yeah. of their own information. Mm-hmm. And because it just sounds like you think it's going to be Angelina Jolie doing it. 
you know, and it was going to be some colorful background over here trying to get your information. But there's just people that's out there fishing, trying to get anybody's information they freaking can mm-hmm. and as much as they freaking can. And just because with where the world is being completely online, especially after COVID. Oh, yeah. Where you dug, yeah. I, I've gotten I've gotten places after that. I've gotten, I've gotten houses. Mm hmm. After that, where I never met anybody, it's all yeah. online. Yeah, that's so, it is everything. Even the key, like you have to press a code in to get the key to even it's, right. Yeah. Even to get the key to the mm-hmm. house that I got, mm-hmm. the house that I just got here. Yeah. Never met anybody. It was all online. Yeah. So when you think of it like that, that means it's that simple for somebody to see your identification. Who would ever know? Yeah. Yeah, the world is, like, really, really scary. So, like, you guys, Trash Pandas, make sure that you guys protect yourselves, protect your identity, and we'll figure out a way, like, you know, when Buddha feels comfortable to get on social media and stuff like that, because we completely understand, you know? Yeah, no, I'm going to get on. I, I think you guys, you said that there's a platform. I think when we start, uh, I think it's going to be the beginning of January. This mm-hmm. might be out uh, after that has come up. Mm-hmm. But I think we said that we're going to start releasing our... Um, uh, uh, extra content oh yeah patreon I'm, yes yes I, i'm gonna i will start getting on at least once to twice a week mm-hmm. i just want to show people that i, I love them back yeah and I, I will you know jump out of my shell for them as well oh uh, they Buddha loves you guys. I, I do because you, you sent me that birthday clip that has changed my mind yeah. like that, that i got so much love yeah, and I was just like, I'll jump on the internet for this love. God yeah. dang. I felt like I really felt like a panda because all I wanted to be was hugged. Yeah, you're a teddy bear. So <laughs> so I was like, with all this love, heck yes. yes. Heck yes. I could I I'd come out and talk to you guys and show that I, I love you guys back. And I do appreciate you. That's awesome. And and keep the love coming, you guys. Don't forget to rate, like, and review our podcast on any platform that you guys listen on because it really does help us out, right? It does. It does. We ain't big ballers that that yet right, to be right? down about. But I, I still don't care about the haters. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I appreciate you because you're still listening anyway. Yeah, right? So listen to me if you hate me. Listen to me if you love me. Let me know. Yeah. And I, I honestly take stuff with the constructive criticism in a sense. I feel like people are a lot negative, but I take it with a grain of salt. And I'm like, all right, I'll work on that. Yeah, right? Well, are you ready for a horrible case today? It's horrible? It's horrible. I have to give a trigger warning up front that this case has a lot of rape in it. This case, like, it has, um, and it has killing of it. It has a killing of an animal and it has a lot of rape. So if this is So not- that's the trigger warning. Because, I mean, some, you, you love people like Dahmer and people like that and they be raping and you love to hear about those and they well, eat people. Well, yeah, but I have but to I give think, a trigger warning for the, other people. I think it's the killing of the animals. Well, it's both. For like you that made it. You was like, this is horrible. Well, I mean, it's I think it's both because, of, you know, because it has so much rape and might trigger people. So we have to tell people like, hey, like, if you don't want to listen to this. Yeah, you know? no, it triggers me, definitely. I'm yeah. talking about you. For oh, you to say, yeah. ready to listen to this horrible case. Oh, you, right. it was an animal dying and that probably made you sad. It made me so sad. I mean, but what the happened to the, the people? people in the rape? I don't no, know if that made you sad. That made me sad too. That, that made me sad too. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Oh my God. You have to take a, do a lie detector test on that to see oh, for sure. It's got on my nerves so bad. But anyways, if you can't listen to this, I'll understand and we will be seeing you next week because I think next week is going to be something lighter, fluffier. Yeah, because I think next week we have a guest. So if you want to skip this episode, you can go to ne- next week's episode. Right, Buddha? Yes, yes. We're not here to actually be offensive and push. We are here to push the limit. Yeah. But not force you to take it. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about the Carr Brothers, which is another killing duo that takes this takes place in Kansas. 
So this is what we're going to talk about. So we're going to start off talking about Reginald Carr. He's the older... The Carr brothers from Kansas, they were businessmen that sold something, didn't they? No, unfortunately not. It just seems like it didn't Yeah, good, you know what? I see where you get that from. Yeah. Well, we're going to start talking about, talking about Reginald Carr first. He's the older of the two. He was born November, 9th, November 14th, 1977. And he was his parents' name is Reginald Carr Sr. and Janice Harden. And so they, he, they was originally from <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. And his parents were actually teen parents. So they had a daughter already. And then he came. And they ended up getting married. And, you know, after that, 14 months after they got married, they had their daughter, Regina, as well. And so... And then after that, on March 30th, 1980, Jonathan Carr came, the youngest brother. There's a lot of love in there. A lot of love in that household. What about, right? Were they like 22 well, by this time? Who? The parents? the parents? Yeah, but the parents, yeah, they would be in their 20s by that time. Right, on their but, third kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let me tell you something, though. Uh-huh. As being a person who had my children later in life, because uh-huh. I thought it was Jewish, you know, for some reason, I thought it was Billy Crystal, but I... Wish I would have had my kids earlier. Yeah, because now you're watching me and I have almost grown kids. And you like still are so free in life. Yeah. You're going out and doing so many things. And yeah. I'm looking back at my children with bitter mouth. Yeah. Like, I, man, I love them to death. Though. Right. But I'm just like, man, I wish I honestly, it seems like the teen parents know what they had, know what they was doing. You know what? I'm starting to think that. Not that I want my kids or anybody's kids to have kids as teenagers. But if you think about it, if you have your child at 17, at 34, they're pretty much grown. It's like, over. Like, it's you're, over. Not, not, you're ready to go out and rock. At yeah. 34, you still ready to mingle. You, you still have, hot and yeah. sexy. You got your groove going. You done got to settle on and, and, and live life after yeah. that. You done got it out the way you done got it out the way that's right. why i'm like mm, a little jealous yeah that is true that is true but although you have a high schooler so i don't know why you don't put him to work with the two younger kids he could become you like the second dad to work right? second dad as a high schooler high people do it all the time you your words? high schooler could be the second dad for the two little ones i don't know why you don't put him my to work. child would never be considered one of the parents <laughs> That's not, to my no. other children no, but i'm saying like, and i'm never gonna tell my son either you're the second dad <laughs> this is getting weird but i'm saying you still have of course all the control of the rules in the household but i don't understand like if you and your wife want to have a date night or something like that why the hell don't you guys go out more you have a second dad at home uh, he's not the second he's dad he's great it's a built-in babysitter i would call <laughs> the new that's not what it is not in the first second or the third <laughs> That's why but I, sometimes we do, we do, we, now he's it. getting to the age where we can re- think that he is responsible enough to yeah. do it. We just have to wait to it. He's, he's, he's tall as stuff. Like, just because he's six foot tall, I don't mean he was grown enough to do it. Yeah. He still was 13. The man just made 14. Well, that's why so my daughter's not, telling me, like, don't have any more kids because she already knows. Because, well, she knows you. <laughs> like, I'm not, because you say second dad weird stuff. And she's going to be like, I am not the second mom. And she's going to look at that child and say the same thing. <laughs> Like, I am not your mama. She need to take her own responsibilities. Uh, I'm telling you, your children going to move away from you She told me, well, she told me if I have ever a kid, she's straight one of her dads because she's not Bruh, dealing she's with she's going to move away and block your number. <laughs> because that's your responsibility, not hers. Oh, my gosh. She didn't choose to become 18 and have another kid. You did. <laughs> Well, I don't have to worry about that because I'm never having kids Hey, girl, I don't ever I'm want done. to. Yeah, I'm done. I'm at that turn-up stage in my life. I can do what the fuck I want yeah, to you do. Wanna, you, don't wanna, you don't put the cuffs back on yourself. Yeah, right. Like, I've been watching your life with jealousy. I'm like that kid that's staring out the window with a hella mean face. 
that's grounded and shit as you out there playing with your new basketballs. I'm just looking at him. Nah. Like, I'm playing Adele and stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, unfortunately, so Regina, the daughter that was 14 months, you know, 14 months from Reginald, she actually got leukemia and she died when she was just three years old. So that was something that was really traumatic and devastating for the family. So now they only have three kids left. Mm. So Reginald Carr Jr. started having sexual interactions with little girls because he started having sex with Janice, the babysitter, you know, so she started, you know, sexually molesting him during mm-hmm. that time. Um, I'm sorry. She, well, I mean, so Janice, the mother was babysitting for kids cause she needed extra money and he started having sex with those little kids. So he was sexually molesting the little girls. Oh, not the babysitter. molesting. Yeah. Them. So he was molesting the little girls that Janice was babysitting for. Okay, because at first I was understanding because I don't feel like there's enough consciousness over little boys being raped. People just be like giving the boy a high five. Yeah. You'd be like, he's eight and she's 22. I don't think he right. consented But if it's a way. man and a woman, it's completely different. Right. Yeah. If it's a man doing that, then everybody's like, take him to jail. But if he's like 11 years old, then people are like, yeah, he did that. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. a double standard. Mm-hmm. Gross one, too. So these little girls that, you know, he was having interaction with was like six years old. You know what I mean? But he's like he, seven. Yeah, he's like seven. So they was, you know, having, you know, some weird interactions with each other. And then by seven years old, he actually started having sex with his cousin as well. And the reason is, you know, they said that this was triggered because his dad started becoming physically abusive to the mother. You know, he would get really drained. He would get really drunk and he would just start fighting. He would start arguing with her. And, you know, the kids would see all of this, you know. And so also the disciplinary action that the dad would use is that he they would get their ass beat while they were naked. They had to take all their clothes off and they had to just be naked and they would get their ass beat. So there started being abuse to the children as well at this time period. Mm. So a couple of times Janice actually had to defend herself with a baseball bat you know, and it was notified, too, that there was no affection in the house, you know. So that's an odd excuse then. So you have a man that gets drunk and and tries to get some, and your mama's defending with a baseball bat. And so he was like, that makes me want to fuck children. Oh, my God. Well, like, I, I don't get I don't get the logic in that, is what I'm saying. Well, I don't, you know, it came out like, I don't know, like, why he did this. It may have been something that was, like, going on in the household. You know, I'm not really sure. He was just a sexually attractive little boy. Like, I was doing naughty stuff with little girls at a very young age. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I've always... It's some weird... I wouldn't even say it's weird, because I don't think it's weird. Mm -hmm. But I've always been attracted to women. You have? Always. I mean, like, even older women. Like, I've always thought women were hot. So as far back as you can remember. I mean, as far back as I can remember. Yeah. Like... If she had, I, I had to, you know, become a more mature person. But if I'll be like, if a woman had big cha-chas, boy, like, I was staring at them. I don't care what age I was. I can't remember not thinking that girls was hot and not wanting to play house. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely the daddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's understandable. You know what I'm like, saying? And I wanted to get some kisses on the mouth. Like, other kids was like, oh, you getting cooties? I was like, fuck that. I'm getting your cooties. Right. Give me all the cooties you got. Yeah, so you was never. I like that. Everybody else was worried about cooties, and you was like, "Oh well." Girl, I was like, "A girl can give me that cooties." I swear to God, she can. I remember the cheese touch. Like, I, well, the cheese touch was way after my time, but I think about the cheese touch now when I think about the cooties from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I started thinking about. Have you ever read those books, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yeah, my kid? kids have. Yeah, yeah. The, the cheese touch. That's what I think about now when right, I think about that's cooties. That, that's cooties. <laughs> 
<laughs> Man, I used to play hide and go get it. I used to be the kid to make that make everybody else start playing it. You were a perverted I, little kid. I'd initiate the game like we should play hide and go get it. Okay, so the Car Brothers is not weird <laughs> right uh, now at I, this point. That's what I'm saying. I, like at that point, that's just uh, for me. I'm like that's a healthy boy. He yeah, woman. right. Well, the other thing is, that as far as back as they can remember, like the the parents always, you know, suffered with money problems and stuff like that. So there was no holidays celebrated, you know, anything like that because they was like really poor growing up. So the mother ended up having to take the kids and move into her mom's house because, you know, of the abuse that was going on. And so they ended up getting a divorce. But and so the boys never had any more contact with his dad. In fact, the dad actually got remarried and treated his new family just like way better. Mm. And so, so no, yeah. let me tell you, I'm not condoning children's sex though. If your children, oh yeah, sex, don't have sex. Like, yeah, like he seems like he's a little fast pass. Keep your little boy away from the girls. Yeah, no, 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 don't, don't <laughs> right, do that. Because I got a little daughter. Yeah. I've seen a couple of boys that seem like they ready, and I'm like, I appreciate that you like girls, but my daughter ain't giving it up at all. Not at this age. That's not mm. what we're thinking about now, right? And we have to go back to we don't condone t- teen parenting either. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not promoting that either. Yeah, I'm we're not, not. I'm not condoning that as well. Even though I'm done now, so. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to be a teen either. Well, <laughs> anyways, so, so basically now they live with their grandmother and the grandmother, she was just as bad because she would randomly just flip out and just start like screaming at them. She wasn't like actually super abusive, but she was just verbally abusive really bad. Mm-hmm. Now, by this time, Janice got remarried, but her new husband was abusive as well. And in fact, he like put a gun to her head and everything. So Jeez. the kids, yeah, the kids actually witnessed all of this stuff. Now, Reginald and Jonathan's oldest sister, you know, eventually testified to a childhood that had a lot of sexual abuse and a lot of physical abuse. The oldest sister also said that their dad had abused her too sexually. So that was something to keep in mind as well. Why, you know, maybe Reginald had that whole like high sex drop because he's seeing all of this. Yeah, you know? he's seeing the dad like being like reckless. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is she said that her father actually... So after they, he sexually abused her, uh, she had mother's boyfriends and stuff like that that would sexually abuse her as well. And they might have also touched the brothers as well. They touched the brothers too. Mm. So this case is going to be like, are they a victim of circumstance? You know what I mean? Or, you know, this case is really going to look at like how you grow up. Like, and that we're going to have a deep conversation about that. Okay. So also the sister also describes later that there was a lot of emotional damage, you know, for all three of the children. So, you know, first you have that younger sister that died from leukemia. You have all this abuse going on. You have sexual abuse going on. And so Reginald ended up growing up to be a big fighter in school. At 11 years old, he actually became a drug dealer and he actually used to sell drugs to his mom too. And then at, at age 13, he ended up joining a gang. Now, Jonathan, the younger brother, he really looked up to Reginald. That was like his hero, you know? And so he actually started having behavior issues as well. You know, when he was seven years old, he was actually accused of raping a little girl during a fire drill. And it came out later that she wasn't actually telling the truth. That little girl had actually been molested by somebody in her family. And she just came to school and accused him of it. But that caused psychological, you know, damage on him as well because of the way he was treated when he was accused of that. They keep in mind, he was like only seven years old at this time. So when he was 16 years old, he actually attempted suicide by drinking antifreeze. Oh, God. Yeah. 
So basically this is, you know, everything that is going on right now. Like these boys really did like have a tragic life and everything like that. So now during his freshman year in high school at Dodge City, Reginald earned 21 detentions and suspensions. He beat up a student and he dropped out of ninth grade. And basically he dropped out because he knew that the kid, the school was going to kick him out anyway. So, and then he went to prison by the time he was 18 years old. So in 1995, he was sentenced to 13 months in prison because he did theft. It was like auto theft. So he did 13 months in prison. And then he was ordered to serve six more months for aggravated assault. And then he went back for 28 months for a drug charge. And then he got out in 2000 and he got booked for a DUI as well. Now, during this time, he ended up having two kids. And on December 4, 2000, Reginald and Jonathan decided to take a trip to Wichita, Kansas. So this is where they're going to meet back up. So there's not too much on Jonathan. Everything's more like on Reginald's backstory. But, you know, they meet back up and Jonathan still really looks up to his brother a lot. I mean, he doesn't have a nickname by this uh, this time, like Dirty R. (laughs) I like that. You know, like something. They're just calling him Reginald in the street. Actually, it's Reggie. I I don't know why they said Reginald. Because you're hitting the Reginald hard. I don't know. I don't know. Like, and I'm like, are they calling him that in the streets? Actually, he's been arrested about three three to four times at this point. Yeah, no, Reginald. So actually, his name is reggie so going forward you're gonna hear me say reggie so thank you i'm gonna shorten his name now so this so this is when they really start doing crime like seriously doing some serious crime because on december 7th there was andrew schreiber and he was a 23 year old man who was at a convenience store right so reggie and jonathan actually forced themselves into his car with a gun and they had to they had a car and then they stole his car so what they did was they forced him to drive and go and get money to the atm and so after that they made him drive out to the field they they pistol whipped him and then they beat his ass real bad and then they shot all his tires out but they left him alive but they just stole all his money Mm. and then they got back into the car that they originally came with and they drove away Now, on December 11th, the cars then attempted to carjack the SUV of a woman named Linda Walenta. She was 55 years old and she was actually sitting in the driveway of her home. And one of the brothers approached and asked for help. And it was never clarified which brother it is because they always, they have each other's backs. That's one thing we will say. So they never really like threw each other under the bus. So one of the, so one of them went to her car, asked for help. And she thought that it was suspicious, but she rolled her window down and he slid the gun in her, like, cause he slid the gun in and she tried to drive away. So he shot her as she was driving away. So she actually ended up living for three weeks and then she died in the hospital three weeks later. But mm. before she died, the police was able to go to the hospital and get her statement. And so she was able to describe exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're going to get into the story of December 14th, because this is when it gets really, really bad. And so what it is, is there was this, there was this girl named Holly G and she's going to be a survivor because spoiler alert, she's the only one that's going to survive in this situation. So this this situation, because everybody else have been survivors. Well, no, Linda just died. Oh yeah. Well, she did survive. She survived, but she died three weeks later. Yeah, she she, did die. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she's dead. So Holly G, she's going to be able to tell this story. So a lot of this I'm going to get from the court reports and stuff like that because she's going to be the only surviving witness. And so basically, 
December 14th, Holly actually was going to go spend the night with her boyfriend, 26-year-old Jason Beckford. Now, Holly was a teacher and she was a coach as well. So she went to his condo because she was going to, you know, go with him. And they had plans that night with some friends. So these are the people that's going to be at the condo for the night. So there's Bradley Hayeka. He was 27 years old. He was a financial advisor. There was Aaron Sanders, and he was 29 years old, and he was actually a priest. He was going. He was actually going to be going away soon to the priesthood. And then there was Heather Mueller, who was a 25 year old uh, graduate student, and she was a church preschool teacher as well. So Holly got there, and she brought her little dog. It was a pet schnauzer named Nikki. So Holly actually graded papers. She would, she watched some TV and then she waited for Jason to come home. And Jason came home around 9, 15, 10 PM that night. And they went to bed like probably around 11 o'clock. And so they're now they're all spending the night, you know? So I think Aaron is actually going to be in the basement. Uh, so no, I'm sorry. Heather spends the night in the spare base, uh, bedroom. And then Aaron, there's like a basement bedroom in this condo. So Aaron sleeps sleeping there. Okay. So basically what happened was at around 11 p.m., the porch light comes on and that completely surprised Jason because he was like, I know I cut all the lights off. And so around that time, she said that that's when she saw uh, Jonathan and Reggie, they come into the room. So we don't know how they, they forced their way into the room. And so they get the house. So uh, they forced their way into the house. I think they broke the door or they did something. Like it wasn't actually said, but the door was broken. Okay. So they forced their way into the house and Jonathan Carr ripped all the covers off the bed, right? And Reggie brings Aaron Sanders in the living room because Aaron was actually sleeping in the front, you know, on the couch. And they both had guns. They asked who else was in the house. And so they said, so then Jason was like, Heather Mueller is in the spare bedroom and Bradley is in the basement bedroom. And I'm like, you know, I have to stop here because if we're ever in this situation and you're caught up, do not say my name. If they ask who else is in the house, do not say I'm there. Please don't. And what if they come back and pistol with me because I didn't tell who was in the house? So you're going to snitch? No, but I'm saying the answer is always nobody else is in this house. Girl, don't worry about how I answer. More than likely, I'm gonna try and answer in a way I feel like I'm gonna confuse them. Okay, I'm be like, there are other people in here, but I don't know who is it exactly. I think there's like two, maybe five people. I don't remember. So, isn't that gonna send them looking for other people? They're already gonna be looking for your ass anyway. Oh my gosh, but no, because I, so the one dude was in the basement bedroom. I don't think they would have thought to like go into the basement. You think so? I don't, I'm going to tell them an odd number. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you a number that I don't know for sure. You know that somebody else is here. I don't, I, you, I don't know how much you know and you don't know how much I know. But what I will know is I'm going to confuse you. Either you're going to overlook. Damn. Or you're going to underlook. Damn, I don't know. Because after they did that, I'm not gonna say your name. Like my friend Nisha Brown is up in the room. She got big ass titties. And you know, <laughs> like no, bro, well, I'm, I'm not like, doing that. And I right. promise you, I'll like do if that. I'm in a spare bedroom or something, you wouldn't say, "Okay, Nisha's in the spare bedroom," but you would just be like, "There's somebody else in this house." But it could be two or five people. Well, I'd be like, I don't know how many people is here, bro. We just had people over. Yeah, so I don't know how many people left and how many people are still here. Damn. So it could be one people. It could be nine people here. I don't know. I wonder if that's the right way or the wrong way. What is the right way or the wrong way in that situation? Then I want for me, I, I because I'm a person that just needs time to think. Yeah, and needs time to try and figure out the situation. For me, that's the best thing. I th- because yeah. now I send you on a wild goose chase. Because well, I give myself some time to think. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about like, okay, if somebody came in my house and like, let's say my daughter is there, I'm just gonna say I'm the only one there because I don't want them looking for her. 
Like, I don't know. I think I would just say But then if they find your dog, or even if your daughter was there, but even if they find your son, now they're going to think you lying about anything the fuck else. And now they're going to do some very threatening stuff and maybe even hurt your son to get you to talk more information. Yeah. So you're because kind of a... if you if you lie to them and they catch you, mm-hmm. after that they're gonna believe shit you said, and yeah. they, what they're gonna do is gonna become elevated to believe you whatever is your truth. Jobs, I don't know. This is a so that's situation. why with that that's why I gave it so broad <laughs> between one nine twelve. I don't fucking know. Yeah, and because whoever you find, you're gonna feel like mission complete. Yeah, if you find one person, you'll be like, I found everybody, but all of the other three people are safe now. Oh, yeah, so damn. I don't know what I would do then. I don't know. I still think I'm sticking Because at the same time, I'm not trying to help you. Well, at the same time, yeah. But if I say, okay, I'm the only one in here, like, do you think that they're going to, like, go off and try to find my daughter? I don't know. Because what happens a lot of times is one person's asking you who else is here, the yeah. other person's looking. They're looking, right. That's true. So you be like, I'm the only person in here, and they bring out your damn daughter. Yeah, like we were saying. Yeah. Right, they don't <laughs> just go out and just go you'll take a word for it. Either way, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Either way, they're not going to just take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, right. So they're going to go look. Mm. And if they find anyone, yeah. now you look like the lying piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But they got to watch. Damn, that's fucked up. So you're someone that you gotta have some kind of loyalty and tell them the fucking truth. No, like I said, that's why I said what I was saying. I was like, I don't know how many people are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you, but I can't be that much of help. Yeah, right. Well, after they said that, basically, Reggie brought in Reggie brought in Aaron Sanders. And then after he told them that Heather Mueller is in the spare bedroom and that Bradley is in the basement bedroom, then Reggie and Jonathan rounded them all up and made everybody take their clothes off. Now this is going to be the major rape part. So, you know, everybody's pleading, like, don't hurt us. Like, please, like, we'll give you anything. And what they did was they put everybody in this closet and they brought them out in pairs. So first they brought out Holly and Heather and forced them to have sex with each other. Oh. Yeah. Then Brad, they made Bradley and Jason both have sex with Holly. Then they try to make Aaron have sex with Holly. But since he was going into the priesthood, he didn't want to have sex. So he, they beat him like really bad. They And they beat him with golf clubs. They were sitting there beating him with golf clubs. Oh, God. And he was so scared, though, that he couldn't even have an erection to even have sex with her. You know what I mean? I mean, it's either have sex or get beaten with golf clubs. Who's getting hard at that point? Right, at that point, right? So they kept beating him with the golf club, and they gave him a timeline of how long he had to get an an erection, but it didn't happen. But at that point, they didn't do anything but return him back to the closet. And he was so scared, he thought that they were going to kill him, but they just threw him back in the closet. So then... They wanted Jason and Bradley to have sex with Heather and they just kept taking turns like kind of like they were like little dolls. They would put them in the closet and take them out, make them have sex with each other. They made them. They... This is the wildest and most interesting rape I've ever heard. They're not doing nothing with you. They're no. just watching you. Yeah, they're just watching. Are right they now. jacking off in, in ski masks? I didn't. They're not wearing any masks, but I don't see anything about them jacking off. But we'll see, like, because later on they do get in on the rape, but right now I think they just wanted them to do stuff they with each other. They just wanted them to warm it up, huh? Right. Well, they actually, they, it sounds like they wanted to kind of mix it up and, and hopefully that their other semen would be concealing their their interaction oh that's probably what i didn't even think about that that's probably what it was Mm -hmm. huh because i would say that's the stupidest part of the crime but we haven't gotten to that yet Mm. 
So during this time now, Reggie is going to now start taking them one at a time to the ATM machine in Jason's truck so that they can get money out. And so he starts with Bradley. So well, Bra- the stupidest part of the crime, if he was going to say one, was the no ski mask. Well, that was, yeah, that was the stupidest part of the crime. But we'll see. We'll get, we're going to get to something that's even stupider than that. So you just wait. Okay. So while Reggie and Bradley are gone, Jonathan ends up raping Holly. Then Reggie and Bradley got back. And then he took Jason to the ATM to go with to go withdraw money. And then while they were gone that time, Jonathan raped Heather. So then at that time, you know, Holly, he let Holly put a sweater on, but nothing else. So when Reggie came back, because now it's Holly's turn to go to the ATM. And he let her put on a sweater, nothing else. So she had to go out and it's snowing. She had to go out with no shoes on or nothing to the to the ATM. Mm. So as they're driving, she's asking, like, are you going to kill us? And he promised. He said, no, we're not going to kill you. He made a promise in the car, right? So they got the money out. he's going to, as a raper, killer, break her into your house or right. keep his word. Right. So they get the money out of the ATM. And actually, during this time, he started flirting with her. Like, he was like, yeah, you're really cute. I wish that we could have met under different circumstances because I would have got your number. He started saying stuff like that to her, right? So then as soon as they got home, he raped her while Jonathan raped the other girl again. Then Jonathan... He thought, probably thought they made love. Right, right. Then they switched girls. And I mean, then, she probably didn't tell him no. Yeah. At that point with the gun to her face. Right. So then they switched girls. So then Jonathan then raped Holly and then Reggie raped Heather. So after this, they then ransacked the house. They stole a bunch of stuff. And during this time, Reggie actually found an engagement ring and came to find out Jason told Holly then that he was actually going to propose to her on Christmas Eve. That's what makes I this whole thing so sad. I told you that he probably thought it was consensual. He, yeah. was on, he was on some different level mind stuff right there. Yeah, no, this was actually Jason. So, so remember, Jason is... So even the, other, even the other one is trying to do it. No, so Jonathan and Reggie are the brothers. But Reggie found an engagement ring because remember, they're ransacking the house trying to yeah, steal Yeah, but stuff. Reggie's going to sit there and try and propose to No, th- no. So Reggie found an engagement ring that Jason had for Holly hidden mm-hmm. in the house. Right. And so Jason, like he, you know, because at this point, they don't know what's going to happen. And Jason turned to Holly and said, I was actually going to propose to you on Christmas Eve. The boyfriend was going to propose to Holly. Oh, I thought he said, that. I'm going to use your boyfriend's ring and propose to your ass. No. That's what I thought I heard. No. Yeah, I'm like, see? He like, yeah. And no. I found this ring. Marriage. Oh, my God. You know what? That would be a weird-ass twist if this story wasn't already weird enough as it was. Girl, I thought you know, it was. I thought we was already there. That's an altar that they're not making it to. That would be pointless. Right? <laughs> Looking at you after raping you 12, two times like marriage. You see it, girl. <laughs> Ain't we happy? All relationships start off rough. Oh my gosh. But at least they start off without lies. <laughs> <laughs> so Reggie told them, like, you all need to relax because I'm not going to kill you yet. And that's when Holly got scared because remember the car, he promised he wasn't going to kill her. And then he went to, I'm not going to kill you yet. Mm-hmm. So then she got scared. That put me into survival mode. I'd have turned to Jason Bourne on your ass. Hell. Now I'm plotting. Right. So the brothers gathered everybody up and made them go outside. Now, mind you, it's like 17 to 18 degrees outside and it's snowing. So these, they're, so they're naked. They don't have no shoes on, nothing. They just make them all go outside. And 
he first they tried to put them all in the trunk of Aaron's Honda Accord, and they realized that that's not enough room. Uh, four people in a Honda Accord <laughs> in the trunk. Right, like what? That ain't a deuce. That ain't a box shelf. God, who does that? Right. So what they did was they put the men in the trunk. And then they had, and then Reggie took Holly with him because that's his girl. Like, so, so he got in Jason's truck with Holly in the front seat. And then Jonathan drove the Honda Accord with Heather Mueller in the front seat. So that's how they did that. Mm, mm, mm. Now, at this point, it's after two o'clock in the morning. And so what they did was they stopped and pulled over in an empty field. So first, Reggie made Holly get out the truck and he made her get in the car with Heather. And then they took the three men out of the trunk and they lined them up on the snow, made them get on their knees. And then Holly got so scared, she turned to Heather and she was like, they're going to kill us all, you know? So then they went and got Heather and Holly out of the car and they made Holly stand next to her boyfriend and they they all had to get on their knees in the snow. And Holly just remember hearing gun, gunshots go off down the line. And she just started screaming. And Aaron, the guy that was going to be the priest, he just said, no, sir, please. Like, she just heard him saying, like, no, please. And just, and then she, and then at that point, it was her, because she was the end of the line. So she felt the bullet hit the back of her head, too. So they shot her. So she failed, but she wasn't dead, but she played dead. And so what happened was she was laying there and she could hear the car brothers get into Jason's pickup truck and they drove off and they ran over all the victim's body. Oh but, my God. Yeah. But they, this is crazy because they barely missed her. Like the truck slightly touched her body, but it was one of those, they went down the line, but I guess they like turned and curved. So the truck hit her, but it didn't hit her like it hit everybody else. Right. So as soon as she knew that that they was completely gone, like she got up and she tried to roll her friends over, but it was, you know, apparent that they were like all dead. Like she just, she tried to shake them. She tried to get them up and she didn't know what to do. So what she did was she saw in the distance, she saw the Christmas lights of a house. And so she had actually taken off her sweater and she put it on Jason's body because she wasn't sure if he was dead or not. But she was like, I need to try to at least keep him warm until I can get help. Right. So she ran to the house and she rang the doorbell and she started screaming and she had a runaways to get to the house with no shoes on in the snow. Mm, mm, mm. Now, this young married couple answered the door and she just started screaming that they all got shot. Like she didn't know what to do. The couple goes and get her some blankets, warms her up. And then they call, they, they, she told them she didn't want to call 911 because she thought that she was going to die. And she wanted to be able to tell them every last thing that was going to happen so that they could describe it to 911. This is how sure she was that she was going to die because she had got, got shot in the back of the yeah, head. She got shot in the back of the head. So she was like, I don't know how much time I have, but we're wasting time calling 911. And so she had the couple get like notepads and pens and literally write down everything the description of the car, the description of the brothers like every last thing that happened right so as soon i mean for someone that just got shot in the head she is thinking shit through uh-huh. i mean this is a superwoman yeah she's Tell amazing me, she, she left this and became a senator yeah <laughs> man she, she's amazing but you're gonna hear why like you're gonna hear this is a crazy story but you're gonna hear how she survived it was just crazy i okay. never even thought about this 
So as soon as this happened, you know, she let them call 911. She told, well, first she told them to call her mother and to call her boyfriend's parents. And she was really worried about her kids at school. This is a sad part about it because she was a teacher. So she was so worried. She's like, I'm going to die and I don't know what my kids is going to do. Isn't that sad? I mean, your parents. No, she wasn't a parent. These were hers because she was a teacher. Her her kids. Yeah, Yeah, her students. That's not sad, but that's yeah. a, that's the type of teachers we need to have. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag pay teachers more, man. I agree. Because they, honestly, you know, the teachers are good ones, especially they're really the ones that make the world, if you think about it, because they teach the kids. They create but, us all. Yeah. Damn. Like, the reason why I'm so articulate and well-spoken and write so well is because of teaching teacher named Miss Christensen, mm-hmm. who was mean as hell. With with blue eyes and crazy and a little heavy set too, and she was saying, "I will bust your chops." Damn, she, she was threatening people. Yeah, <clears throat> but the crazy thing is, only the ones she seemed like she cared about, and that's what she even told me. She told me that she saw so much potential in me, mm-hmm. and she saw me not even trying, and that's why she was on me so daggone hard. She used mm-hmm. to tell me, "What grade were you in? What grade uh, was I, I, it?" Was elementary school. Oh, elementary school teacher. I remember that, and uh, in the Bay Area, I remember that. So yeah, right before going to high school, she was like, "But because of her, is why I'm so articulate and I write so well." Oh, and, did you get an A in her class? Oh man, I, I have been getting an A in English ever freaking since. Like mm-hmm. some stuff she taught me, she got into it deep with me. Yeah. About placement of words and punctuation, each punctuation, not just the the, the period and the comma. An exclamation point. I'm talking about semicolon, all that jazz. Like, she was not playing with me. Mm-hmm. But I was the one, when I got, by the time I got to high school, I was the one for my friends helping them write essays. And it was like, how you know this stuff? And it was all from Miss Christensen, the one who actually cared. She used to threaten me and talk her crazy. I mean, like, she would talk her crazy to me. But she would actually also leave me, bring me, and have me stay for detention. Mm-hmm. And she was the only detention where I actually was like, "This is this was worth it." But she'd be on me even then. But she had me writing essays like she was my auntie or something. Man, it was Bro, weird. That's like that's what she would have me doing is writing like I'm Bart Simpson repeating this sentence <laughs> over and over again. But come back and got to show it to her and stuff. And yeah. she, it's not detention that she just ran the hell off. No, she was there too. Yeah, and there making sure. And it was one of those times. And it was I came to her desk like crying because I felt like she was picking on me and she was like why are you crying and she, I was like because I feel like you just picking on me and you hate me and she's like I don't do this because I'm hating you I do this because I see this in you that's so sweet and I, that had changed everything in me where I was just like oh yeah what? you know like you this mean to me she was like I think you're the smartest kid here but you over here playing around all the time and yeah. you think everything's a joke mm-hmm. was, you were always a class clown right, right. <laughs> and she saw me yeah and so like man like from then on, man, I was I was rocking. I was I was paying attention. I was always trying to do my give her my everything. That's they so need sweet. More teachers like that. They do need more teachers like that. Like I really, because why are teachers only at thirty five, forty thousand dollars? I never understood that a year. Man, when they shaping the people like there wouldn't yeah. be no LeBron James without uh-huh. a high school teacher that believed in this. But and did you know they have to sometimes they have to buy their own damn supplies too? Like if they want special stuff for their class or whatever, they gotta buy their own damn supplies. Yeah, because it's only managed like they own a certain budget and yeah. all this stuff. Like I like teachers that's gonna take their. I like the teachers that's gonna have imagination and, and believe in some yeah. stuff. There should be maybe a GoFundMe even just for schools just in general. I think so. For teachers to give their stimulus yeah. and just have it already set up because let's, let's make that, let's bring us into the next era of 
education. I think so. Education yeah. is stimulation. Because I mean, honestly, I don't. I think that's wonderful that teachers take it out of their own pockets, but they shouldn't have to on that small salary. Like they're taken away from their livelihood. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't, they have, shouldn't to, have, period, have to do that because if it's only because of lack of funding does education not be stimulated. Yeah. It's only because of learning stuff. When you play a video game and you get to another level, it's always fun to figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a boy. So don't say that learning something. You People watch YouTube of people playing other games. Yeah. So learning stuff about things is not actually dull. Yeah. It's where, it's where you guys have it done, brought down to where it's making it this very complicated uphill battle for some person to take something out of his book with no pictures. Yeah. You know, and and using words that is not relatable to the people that's in front of you, mm-hmm. and then try and find some way to keep you to pay attention to it. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, you know, I've always wondered why is education not more funded because it's the most important thing in the world, but yet you guys treat it like it's not. Like I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know if they feel like it's just basic, right. and it's just you know you're gonna get educated, but you're not. You know, so it's the same way. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, we could start a whole other episode on just that because that's irritating. Right. Like, yeah, because. But we love you, teachers. I mean, I believe they are the first foundations of everything. Mm-hmm. So basically, she was able to give the description of Jason's truck and the license plate number. And by six or seven in the morning, the, the news has broadcasted this everywhere, you know, because the police have come. You know, the um, the Carr brothers, they have descriptions of them. Like, they're everywhere, you know. And so this is what... So it kind of was a good thing she did that. Yeah, it was a really good thing because they was able to alert them right away, you know, about what happened. Now, this is the crazy part about it. So you know how she got shot in the head? But what saved her was because, you know, the the medical, the EMS and everybody came and they found out what saved her was because she was wearing a barrette and it deflected the bullet. It was a metal barrette that she had in her hair. So she got shot in her head, but it wasn't as bad. If she wouldn't have had that barrette on, she would have been dead. Oh my god! That's wild. Don't say you never thought of that. I mean, because don't anticipate a medical red saving your life. That yeah, right. That's that's God. That is really God. Yeah, that's that's source, Uh universe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's something bigger than you. It was meant for her to live because that, and then the fact that they rolled over all the dead bodies and missed her too. I think she rolled because I would have. I'd have faked like I was dead and then a little little roll. (laughs) You miss me, and then act like, and then when you pull all the way to the front, because it's still a truck. Oh, so they, got a so blind they can't spot. see, huh? Yeah, so you can't see, see. Oh, and it's at night, so you roll past, and then I lay back like I was sitting underneath them too. And just oh. like, <laughs> my mouth up and ass. <laughs> That's like, not what I think about that. Girl, oh, I'd play dead. Like, I'd give yeah. all into the character. Because I'm thinking she's playing dead, but she would have had to have rolled or something. Because the way they like pulled off, they yeah, rolled over the, all the bodies, all the bodies, and they making sure both wheels go over. Like, nah, nah, nah. Like, I like I said, it'd be a little bit, yeah, a little bit of move. It don't take much. Like, pull up your legs. Like, you know, oh, they, they yeah. probably can do the whole body. Because you probably just scrunch up your legs. You're a small enough female and pull oh, it to yeah. your chest. And they roll past underneath and then straighten it back out. Oh, yeah. Right before you get to before, over the hood of the truck. Mm-hmm. And they just looking at you and you're just like, yep, I'm flat too now. Yeah. I act like I got rolled over. Damn, that's fun. And I mean, at night, it, it's all chunky. They don't know, you know, which one is perfectly rolled over or not. Yeah, that's true. Because they was just trying to get the hell out of there, too. Right. Well, and it's crazy because not to jump too far ahead, but imagine being at your trial and because they think all these people are dead and she's sitting up there testifying against you and you're like damn in your mind you like how the hell you almost 
you'd be like, man, that had to be some other being. Yeah. Because I shot that person in the head and ran him over with a truck. Oh, my gosh. Like, how much more can you kill a person? Right. That's almost what we talked about, about the Brian Wells case, how that they would never got caught up with the dude with shit in his garage. Like, when shit like that happens, it's just meant for you to get caught. <laughs> that was, man, <laughs> that was somebody coming to you, that person. That was- I'm telling you, I never believed in hauntings until I heard that, if I ever did. <laughs> Like, I do believe in spirits, but that right there, I was like, who shit is that? That's the first question I asked. And he was like, I never asked that. Like, come on now. Like, if you in your garage and you in a house by yourself and you got three toilets and you shitting in the garage, that's that's terror. (laughs) That's something else. (laughs) Hellraiser was at that house. Some stuff is bigger than you, man. That's all I'm saying. Right. Well, it's a miracle that she lives. So... She's, you know, at the hospital. She's getting taken care of. Meanwhile, the car brothers thinking everybody's dead. They go back to the condo and they start loading the truck with valuables. And the, this is the sad part is um, this is the, the um, what was I going to tell you? the One of the trigger warnings is that they killed Holly's pet dog. Remember she had brought her dog over? Mm-hmm. So they went ahead and they shot Nikki in the head, which was senseless because it's not like Nikki was a big dog. She wasn't like a pit bull or anything like that and i could tell you small dogs bites don't even hurt like that so it's like they you didn't have to kill her she wasn't going to do anything to but you. small dogs are also the ones who are the loud uh, non-stop barkers oh yeah they didn't they want to bark and yeah. run away and bark and run away they, mm-hmm. you know they're not gonna fight you fight you but they're not gonna stop yeah yeah that's true because my dog like yips a lot like, yeah and he, he's he i mean like stop. he don't care if it's like two hours later he's yeah. still out there if he don't like it he's barking at it yeah Oh yeah, I'll be like, you're not getting tired yet. Like, they don't get tired. Right. So I was, yeah. That's why. Like, that's why usually, if you actually notice when people do the guard dog situation in bigger homes, uh-huh. they have a small dog and two bigger dogs. Because uh-huh. the small dog is what get them going. Yeah. The small dog gonna get on it and ain't ain't, ain't want to give up, and you want them big dogs to be the same way. Yeah, that like, makes so sense. Kind of rouse them up. So that's sad, but in this situation, it's like they had to kill her because she wouldn't stop barking, basically. Right. But that's horrible. Just throw her in the basement or something. They had a basement. Then she wouldn't still about stop barking. She'd be barking in the basement. Yeah, but I would think that the Did noise they have would... silencers because this they letting off a lot of rounds. No, they didn't have no silencer. They didn't. Ha- yeah. And this is a condo. Mm-hmm. This is not a condo, a, not a house. So that's an apartment place. They just shoot. well, well. Honestly, that, they didn't fire any gunshots except for that one. That's the only gunshot they shot. Uh, they fired because remember they shot everybody else at that field. So they didn't. The only thing they did at the house was they was beating them with clubs and stuff. Yeah, they but they shot them. a dog in the condo. Yeah, they shot a dog. But they I get, right after they shot her though, they left. Though. Okay. So that wasn't. So they stole all the stuff, and I think shooting the, the killing the dog was the last thing they did before they left. So. So basically, this is we're getting into the stupidest part of the crime. So they pull the truck into Reggie's apartment building. So you're pulling it to your apartment building with the stolen ass truck, right? And the neighbors spotted the two brothers bringing the big screen TV upstairs into Reggie's fucking apartment. Nice. What? So you're just moving in like you're just moving this some is shit into you. you do I want you to tell I won it from my job. Oh. That's what they, they're giving away TVs. Right. So you think that, so you pull up in a stolen truck and you think that you just going to be chilling there with your new big screen? And no one noticed that you got this from nowhere. Like McDonald's said they owe me a bonus. So they gave me this TV instead of my money. What? It was a whole promotionary thing since, the, you know, Burger King did that other dude wrong and just gave him a knapsack. <laughs> 
McDonald's is giving out TVs. Yeah. That's how you sell that. OMG. That's so stupid. Now, tell me that's not stupider than not having a mask on, right? Girl, the, the not having a mask on for me is the rap. Like, I, it's, even <laughs> all that. You could have took the TV and all that, and they had to kind of figure it out. Yeah. And even buy that McDonald's story. But the fact that they don't have a mask on, they can point exactly to who the hell you are. I don't know if you was even probably even using your government names. Oh, my God. If you God. wasn't good enough to have a mask on, you probably wasn't using code names, in my mind. Oh, right. You probably over like, Reggie, come take this out. This girl over here is bad. Like, what? Oh, my like, God. Like, y'all probably was using y'all's government names. That's wild. I didn't even think about that. They probably was using, they probably was. Because they identified y'all and everything else about yeah. you so quick. And right now, they're all on the news. So, like, yeah, keep in mind. Yeah, you already own the news. So, they know who you are. Yeah. Think of, That's what I'm saying. Keep in mind, my butt, how they already know your name. They already, yeah. That's true because, keep in mind, this happened. Okay, so, this after 2 o'clock in the morning is when they murdered them, right? 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning. By 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, it's already broadcasted all on the news. And they got their descriptions. They got everything. Right. And they saying, if they saying your government name, not just description. It's not saying just, oh, two black men with yeah. a five foot five and five foot nine. No, they over here like, this guy Reggie and his brother. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like so four look hours like later. this. Right. And you're taking a big screen to your own damn apartment. Like, like, so that's why I'm like, for me, it's that no mask. Like, right. bruh. At least with the mask, you bought yourself some time where they got to figure out who's yeah. going into the hood with this new TV. He and must have really thought he was about to be in his apartment chilling. Bruh, that, uh, this thing is almost, almost impulsive. Oh my God. Almost impulsive. So, okay, and this is how crazy this is. So, they move the TV into the house and then, you know, they go their separate ways. So, Reggie stays home with his girlfriend, Stephanie, and then Jonathan goes on about his way, right? Mm-hmm. So, guess who ends up knocking on the door? Like the FBI. Yeah, the two. So, two police officers knock on the door, and Stephanie answers the door. And at that time, Reggie was actually trying to escape through the window. Of course, that's how all of them escape. <laughs> they were trying to, but this, this, I'm just like, this is the turnaround time for this. Is so fucking fast. Like they literally just killed these people, and y'all just caught right now. I'm like, even surprised how much that happens in real life. That's why, like, like movies make you think it's hours and hours before they sit and catch yeah. people. Like so most cops say it's crucial for the first 24, so a lot get caught in 24 hours. Yeah, that was right there after his door. It was like he was right. He just got home, and they was at his door, bro. Like, so that's why I'm like, like, bro. Movies make you believe you turn a corner and the cops just keep driving. Okay, tell yourself if that's what you want. Yeah, because, mm-mm. In real life, bruh, you got a hard chance with the technology we have now and the tracking stuff and everybody recording stuff and all these cameras on almost every street light, Bruh, you got a hard time getting away from him. No, right. Now, so I guess, so now Reggie got caught. He got arrested. And Stephanie, the girlfriend, went ahead and told the police that Jonathan was driving a Plymouth Fury and where to find him at. So he found the car. So the police goes, finds the car, and he was with his girlfriend. He tried to run and he got caught. During this time, Jonathan actually had Jason's diamond ring in his pocket. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, y'all just got caught just right away. I mean, just- they didn't anticipate it. <laughs> Mm-mm. It was just bad luck. Unfortunate. Unlucky. That's mm-hmm. what I say. Unlucky. Like, she did not. A barrette? A barrette said, he right. If I was even to do the shot him at the court and I saw that and, it was like, and they told me that there was like a barrette saved her life and this is that. And I'd be like, What? Right. I'd be like, Well, all right. I guess I'm supposed to be guilty. here. Right. I'd be like, No, let's change the charge to guilty. I'm not about to fight. 
Because, yeah, it's too much. The the odds are against you. Right? Like, how? what are, what are, what are the odds? What are the odds? I'll be like, all right. Mm, nope, no, yeah, I did it. <laughs> what? What else can I do? And, and, they, and they really have bad luck. Because guess what? So, you remember that first victim, the one they didn't kill, they just shot his tires out. Andrew came into the court, and he was able to identify their ass, too. So, they was just not wearing masks all the way around. That's the part that's wild to me. What yeah. y'all barefacing it? Just barefacing it? Just what? So they, but, but I will. I'm gonna say that towards the end, the difference on what I felt about them mm-hmm. at this point. Okay, yeah. So and before we get into the court stuff, I want to say that shout out to Bill. Remember our friend Bill, because he was actually one that um, was the one that actually broke down a lot when it comes to what constitutes the death penalty and when you can get the death penalty and what causes it. Okay. So, cause for me, like, okay, I walked around, I'm thinking, okay, most any murder that's first degree constitutes, you can get the death penalty. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, there has to be a special circumstance. So let's say like I came in here and I just killed your ass right now. Cause we got into an argument. That's manslaughter. Or even if I plotted it out and I'm like, I hate Buddha. I think when we record, I'm just going to shoot your ass. That's first degree murder. Right. So that's, but that wouldn't qualify for the death penalty for it to qualify for the death penalty. There has to be a special circumstance. So a special circumstance would be either I was coming in here to rob you because it's in a commission of another felony, either robbery during the commission of a rape during the commission of a kidnapping during the commission of like a gang activity, something like that those could qualify you for the death penalty. Or like if I kill somebody for like life insurance, any kind of financial gain, that can qualify you for the death penalty. So that's why, so I'm so glad that he clarified that for me. So it's not like any murder could qualify you for the death penalty. It has to be a special circumstance behind it. So it's murder while in commission of another felony. Okay. Yeah. Okay, even though I kind of want you to die if you kill me. Like, right. I don't want you to just not just get fined and they tell you, you know, like, oh, well, you know, give her 20, give her 10 years. Right. Well, I could still get, <laughs> I mean, I would still get like a hefty sentence. It would still be like a life sentence, but it's just the death penalty would not be on the table for that because it wasn't, you know, any kind of game, you know, unless I came here, like I'm going to steal out of this house and I'm, I kill you while I'm trying to rob your house. Now I'm committing a felony and I murdered you. So that can put the death penalty on the table. Okay. So I'm glad to clear that up. Thank you. I'm so like, thank you so much to Bill because he knew that. Yeah, that's very informative. Yeah. So special circumstance. So in this case, the Carr brothers, they had first degree murder. That's what they're being charged with. And because it was rape and robbery, the death penalty was on the table for them. They also were charged with animal cruelty for killing the dog as well. And they actually was able to confirm the link really quickly between the Carr brothers and their black caliber handgun. So what they did was they threw the gun out on a highway near the field where the murders took place. So that's the other stupidest part. Of the mm-hmm. Why would you throw the gun at the... So while they was driving off, they threw the gun out the window. It must have been in route. The field must have been in route on their way home. That's what they was doing. That's how they knew the field if they they had scouted out and routed their way home. That, oh that's, my that's God. That's the non-mafia way. Who the fuck... You always go a different route. You never go your route home. You're right. And kill somebody, right? And then drive past that every day. What are, you, what are we doing here? Well, who the fuck does that? Right. So, so because on happenstance, when you're like, oh yeah, I got to get rid of the gun in between, that's still on your route home, right? And now you got two pieces of evidence in that area. Two pieces of evidence. 
And and came to find out, so this was the gun that was used to kill everybody. This was the gun that was used to kill them. This was the gun that was used to, you know, shoot out um, Andrew's tires. And this was the gun, remember that old lady had died yeah, three yeah. weeks later. This was the gun that was used for everything. Mm. So this tied them into every last thing that happened. So, of course, like I said, the prosecutor was seeking the death penalty for this. Now, the Carr brothers' attorney wanted separate trials. And so I'm going to go into separate trials, you know, because it's really important. Like, if we commit a crime together, it's very important sometimes to have a separate trial. Because it doesn't matter, like, what, what I did, what you did. If you have a separate trial, you have your own jury. You have your own, you know, you have your own attorney. Well, you're going to have your own attorney anyway. But if you have one trial, that's a jury hearing everything about both of you. And so we're going to hear why this is going to come back. You know? I mean, separate trials, I think it should be because you guys aren't completely, there's still one gun. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be tried of shooting someone in the face when I didn't even have the gun in my hand. Right, exactly. And this is going to come back to bite them in the ass because the defense wanted separate trials so that what they wanted to do is they wanted to pit the brothers against each other. They wanted to say, no, Jonathan didn't do this. Reggie did this. And they wanted to do that. However, and that would have created reasonable doubt. However, the prosecutors wanted them tried together to save money because they're like, this trial is already going to cost too much. Just try them together and that's it, you know? So there was so much gruesome evidence that was shown to the juries, jurors that a couple of them actually got nauseated and had to take a break from the trial because they showed them all these pictures and all this forensic evidence. And Holly was actually the main witness in this, you know, so she was able to actually tell every last thing that happened to her. And a lot of times they don't just take witnesses at their word, but what, what happened was they actually had all the forensics to match everything that she said. So they have the golf clubs, you know, they have the bodies that had the golf club beaten all over them. So everything she said matched up with the evidence. So that really sunk the Carr brothers as well. They had the rape evidence because they had did a rape kit on her when she had gotten to the hospital. And the defense's, great, the defense's greatest defense was childhood trauma because we talked about in the beginning everything they had went through as kids. The defense tried to say that, you know, they never had a chance in life. And, you know, that's something where um, Bill had talked to me about too. So they, had, they said, gosh, what is that? Um, the aggravated, the aggravated... Um, Oh, hold on. I'm uh, so it's something. Wait, let me think. The aggravated. It's in a death penalty trial. What is the word that I'm looking for? I don't know, girl. I am not a professional on death penalty. Okay, it is the aggravated assault. That's the only <laughs> word that I know that's aggravated. No. Um. Oh, okay. I'm gonna keep that in because I just had a brain. So there's the mitigating circumstances and there's the aggravated circumstances. So your mitigating circumstances is what happened to you as a child, if you have any kind of mental health, anything that, that your defense can use, that's your mitigating circumstances. Your aggravated circumstances is the crime that you did and what you did. So typically when you're found guilty, you then go to the penalty phase and that's going to determine whether you get the death penalty or you get life without parole because it's already been established that you're going to get one of them. 
If the mitigating circumstances outweighs the aggravating circumstances, then you'll go ahead and get life without parole because they're taking it into account that you had a horrible childhood, you have mental health issues, whatever it is. However, if they feel like your aggravating circumstances outweighs your mitigating circumstances, which is like, yeah, you have mental health or yeah, you have a horrible childhood, but what you did is so much worse than that, you're going to go ahead and get the death penalty. And that's what the jury would decide at that point. I like that. Yeah. So, so this is what they, they, this was their mitigating circumstances was the horrible childhood. Now, altogether, they was found guilty of 93 charges altogether. And they were sentenced to death because they decided their aggravating circumstances outweighed their mitigating circumstances because the horrendous, the rapes and everything that they did. Now, they also, in addition to the death penalty, they were sentenced to 20 to life for Ann Walenta for the death of the lady that died three weeks later. And they also got 40 additional 40 years as well and some other crimes and for what happened to Andrew. Now, what happened was in 2004, the Supreme Court overturned the death penalty law and they said that Kansas was going to make everybody sentenced life with no parole. However, the attorney general appealed to the Supreme Court and they went ahead and they upheld the state's death penalty law. So everybody was still on death row. In 2014, the Kansas Supreme Court was like, you know, they went ahead and they appealed it because this is where this is going to come back because they said it was unfair that the Carr brothers was actually charged together and the prosecution only did that and had their trials together to save, you know, money. Mm -hmm. And so this is why it's important to have separate trials because let's say, for example, like me and you do something together, right? And I don't get an attorney. Like I just go ahead and confess everything, but then you get an attorney and your attorney tells you don't say anything, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in your trial, they can't, your defense, they can say, we're not going to use, you you know, her um, actual testimony. We're not going to use her confession because that has nothing to do with you. You're not the one that said all the confession. So that the jury is not allowed to hear that. So anything that has nothing to do specifically with what you did in the case, then the jury wouldn't hear that, you know, or if I maybe raped somebody during this, but you didn't rape anybody, maybe you like you pulled the trigger Well, the jury can't hear about a rape that you had nothing to do with. But now if you try us together, they're going to hear everything that happened. And as 12 people on the jury hearing all these horrible things, they're not going to in their mind separate you from me and who did what. So in a way, it is better to have separate trials. But a lot of times in these cases, the state won't do separate trials because of money situation. But then it comes back to bite them in the ass because in appeals, you know, that's bad. But however, what happened was the Supreme Court did hear the case and they went ahead and they said, no, the Carr brothers is going to stay on death row. Now, the Carr brothers are actually been held in the El Dorado Correctional Facility. They've been there since November 2002. And the Attorney General, Derek Smith, you know, it was his last day as Attorney General, he released news that says the Supreme Court's actions means the Carr brothers have exhausted their direct appeals. And at this point, their death sentences and their sentences, their convictions and their death sentences is actually considered final. So barring some kind of, you know, weird ass, I don't know, like, you know, weird ass, I don't know, what do you call it? I'm losing my wording today. Usually it's you that forget stuff. (laughs) Miracle. Miracle. Thank you. Barring some weird ass miracle, that's where they're going to stay. 
They was in their 20s when this happened. They're now in their 40s. So they're actually waiting to be executed right now. I don't know when and if it's going to happen, but they've exhausted all their appeals. So at any point in time, the governor can go ahead and sign the death warrant. And basically, they're just waiting for a date now. You can go ahead and do it. Yeah, they could just, yeah. He needs to go ahead and do it. You already know how I sound. Yeah, I know how you stand on the death penalty. And I know you have a lot about this case like that you want to talk about, right? Yes, I mean, he needs to go ahead and pull the trigger and let them go ahead and try. Yeah. (laughs) Writing children's books. Right. Um, I'm going to start off with, I was on their side of the advocate of, and and I do agree with everything that was stated in this one. I am also an advocate of them having separate tiles, but this one, because it was so much that was done and joined, mm-hmm. well, we don't know who was firing at the first people. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know who pulled the trigger on everybody. Was it one person? Were they switching off the gun? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know for sure. You guys definitely were participating in everything else together. Mm-hmm. Um, at the last one is what I'm saying. So you guys, need, it's kind of, it was a duo. We're, mm-hmm. I can see them doing it together and you guys both getting convicted together. Mm-hmm. And on for uh, there's other circumstances that need to be more specific, but you guys, this this is, you know, you're Bonnie and Clyde. On yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with, before that, before this happened, I would have even, even the crazy thing is, is even after they shot that old lady, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have actually been for them to be built for rehabilitation. You know, Pushed for rehabilitation. Mm, yeah, because everything they went through, right, as a child. Right. Yeah. And I am a person that believes if you're raised around somebody who's, you know, pimping and shooting people and gang stuff, you don't really have the same sensitivity to things mm-hmm. as other people. Mm-hmm. And your reaction is kind of like, you know, somebody who's, there's, they give you PTSD for military people, not because of the fact that they're so scared and they're right. jumping in the cars. In true life, you're in danger. Mm-hmm. This is what PTSD is really about that people don't get. Is they may kill you because mm-hmm. they may think they're back in this war zone situation and they need to have a split reaction. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Is they're going to react to things differently. You hear They hear a loud bang and a firecracker. They're going to think they out in Afghanistan and they about to shoot everybody in the goddamn room. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Because you ain't part of their squad. And you ain't, that, you ain't saying the, the right cold word back. They yelling out, Barracuda! Yeah. And you ain't saying a word back. You supposed to say thunder, but you ain't saying it, so they shooting you. Yeah, yeah. That's what post-traumatic stress syndrome is. Mm-hmm. Is this person who is overly adjusted to the war zone. Mm-hmm. So when you have somebody who's raised from somebody who is doing it actively and or may even been raised in that type of environment that I believe, like I said, I believe a lot of hood, they don't give it credit, but there's something like a war zone Mm -hmm. against just being a regular civilian. Yeah. But you're not, you're raised differently when you're in interaction, especially people that's heavily entered, where you're not going to react to things in some uh, certain ways, and you're going to be desensitized to other things. Mm-hmm. You look at robbery like it's a skill. Yeah, right, right, You right. know, like you putting that on your application, like somebody says, I type 55 words a minute, you say, I'm good at armed robbery. You know, and it looks oh, cute yeah. when it's on Ocean Eleven. Mm-hmm. When, when, when George Clooney doing it, it looks hella sexy. Yeah. But... When you have real people in the street living, this is how they actually live their life. It's it's, it's scary, mm-hmm. and we kind of want to judge it as calling them bad guys. And I can't say they're bad guys. Yeah, these are people. Even like I said, even with the whole thing with the old lady, I feel like that was something that they were kind of threatening. 
and they had to show you that they wasn't scared. That's why you pulled the gun out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you could even kind of wrote that up. Like, I didn't really mean to shoot her to kill her. You know? And, oh, yeah, because she, she was driving off when she, they... she so. drove off. Yeah. I just wanted to scare her. Yeah, ass. I was trying to fire a warning shot. That's what I would have said. And you then know, it just hit her. Yeah, I could have wrote that off with that. Yeah. When the next thing you did went so blatantly into... Mm-hmm rape and violence mm-hmm. and i'm like no man you can't just blame it on your family yeah yeah because i mean they had so many opportunities to stop or the people even said i'll give you anything they could have robbed that whole house and left those people alive right if you'd have robbed them tied them up and even pistol with a couple of guys i've been like yeah i mean that's you know they they living in the circumstance of yeah. the house they understand of this is how I need to come up. Yeah. <laughs> in life. They mm-hmm. don't understand going and getting a job. I mean, they do, but yeah. they, 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 they obviously are, because you're selling drugs to your mom before you're 13 years old. Right, right. You don't see that as more, as an op- opportunistic way of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear people saying that and you're like, okay, man, but you don't see, you see me, that, that guy's like, I'm not about to graduate high school. I'm not about to be this cop, educated person. What is the what is the likelihood that that's going to happen to me? Right. So more realistically, this is what is, uh, of their circumstance uh-huh. until something dramatically changes. Right. So I was I was actually an advocate for it until they went that far, and after that, I'm nothing. Nothing changed. I, I don't feel like there was there was wrong. They should get another appeal. I feel like it's actually taking too long to kill them. Yeah, because it's been over 20 years now. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't want them starting to change and being a good person and starting to write things. Right. I don't, I don't want all that. Because when that happens, then you get, like, society, everybody starts rallying for you. Like they did for Stanley Tookie Williams. They're like, no, save their lives. Right. So, you know what I mean? When you start changing. Right. But I don't foresee anybody really rallying for them because of what they did. You don't it's know what's going to happen 10 years from now. Yeah. But even with the rape, because usually with rape, people don't really rally behind you, especially. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because Stanley Tookie didn't have, like, rape. You know what I mean? But... I mean, uh, Ted Bundy just... did and Eaton. Oh, and they, yeah. They rallied behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's still some people that wanted Ted Bundy to live. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Not don't kill him. Like, don't yeah. get him executed. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to advocate for something in the whole thing. We're taking too much time now. We need we, You get the penalty, you die. Yeah. Let's, let's quit playing with y'all. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel. You're like, just take them out back and shoot them right away. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's give good. them some time to appeal, but that's right. some real set time, yeah. and then you're dead. Because, like, on this, they've already exhausted their appeal, so at this point, they are at that point where it's like, it's time. You right, we take too long. 20 years, I feel it was like, that's a really substantial amount of time. That's that's good. Mm-hmm. That, uh, to me, I honestly feel like that's a little too far, but hey, whatever. That's yeah. good enough. 20 years, and you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how I feel. Yeah. Because I feel like it's honestly, it puts that instillment as well in people of right or wrong. I'm sorry, because I, I don't feel like the system is completely right in the first damn place. And that's not answering people being in there any damn way. Yeah. And you can't give them back the goddamn time. Let's just be real on life. Right. Where it will then help to instill the fear of the bad guys. Yeah. Of the bad of the, of the, the bad doers. I don't believe anybody's a bad guy. Who mm-hmm. the choose to be, be the the law lawbreakers? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, if you know that you're gonna get thirty fucking years and may die, it makes you rethink about going ahead and robbing somebody's bank. Yeah. If you think it's a maybe, and like I heard a judge only get somebody fifteen, man, you be like, oh, really? Like, yeah. yeah. I heard, and then they get out, bro. You rethink, like, the crime almost seems doable. Yeah. It almost seems okay. Yeah. 
And you, yeah, but you don't know. Like, you kind of want to take that chance. Because it really does depend on what judge you get, what jury you get. All, right. Everything's a gamble. And that, right. And that makes it be like, for somebody to be able to rationalize for themselves according to the penalty. Yeah. Makes me be like, man, so all it is is just a, uh, someone's argument well enough to have even me being shot in the streets for no reason. All right. All it is huh. is a well enough argument where somebody be like, you really won't get put to jail for this. Yeah. You really won't get put, to, you know, get the death penalty. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is you to believe that there's a chance you won't. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I'm a scary cat, so I don't even want to take the risk for the chance. Because I'm like 50-50, that's too high of a chance for me. I that's mean, I hear, I hear people talking about like two, three years ain't that long. You was talking about dating somebody and being down for some time. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was like, like I, I think past a year for me, like I'm not going to wait 20 years for you, whatever. I mean, a year, that's fine. But when you start getting into two, three, five, 20 years, like that's now I'm putting my life on. Like I'm not doing that. Right. And like, fuck me, like a year, even for me, I'm like, geez, a year. I was just going to say, how long would but, you wait for somebody if they went to prison or jail? Like, I try and wait as long as I, I don't want to say that I'm going to ever leave somebody in that circumstance. So if they had like 20 years, you would just wait? I'd do my best. I would. So you wouldn't have touched nobody else out uh, here? No, I couldn't say that. That's what I'd I was saying. Like, hey, if you love me, you know I got needs. <laughs> if you love me and you know I love you, this person doesn't mean I love. They ain't going to come in between our love, but damn it. 20 years of saying it ain't happening. I didn't go to jail. But you have your hands. Girl, okay. Because that's what I would say. If I was in prison, like, and, and like, somebody said if another, I'd be like, why can't you just use your hand? That's going to be my question to them. I'd be like, I do. With them. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I use my hand, all right. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's like let's not say that we're not living life. Like I can't give false promises to you now. Just in truth, and I would honestly, I would not do that to a person either. Yeah. If I got hit with twenty years, I would release them of any penalty of what I'm doing. So they would get a pass. Honestly. Yeah. When it comes sexually, I tell them don't give you a heart. Yeah. And make sure you still come see me, please. Yeah, that's true. Regularly, like every week or every month, one of the two choose it, and we uh, please hold to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I, because I did selfish just to you know not have somebody's needs like met. I guess while you're out, right? You know, you're not. A, I didn't, you didn't become a Buddhist monk once mm-hmm. I got in here. Like you <laughs> started promising your soul to Allah. <laughs> like, come on, man! I can't do that. Too. That's right. selfish as hell. Yeah, that is because twenty years without nothing, right? Like, damn. And the strain that you guys are about to have on the relationship, period, in yeah. the first doggone place. And then somebody, like, you know, I think I was listening to one podcast, and they brought up a good point. It's like, it's not even just about the time that they're in there, but when they get out, your life is going to look a little different. Like, mortgages, like, certain, they can't live certain places because now they're a felon. So it's like, that's going to affect you, too, because they're a felon. So certain places, they can't even stay in. Well, yeah, but if you're a person that's still down for them, I make sure you have a place to stay. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I'd be there still. Yeah. But I can't say I'm not going to have sex with nobody else. But they, they know about you, the person I have sex about you. Yeah. They know about your whole life. They know about the horrible circumstances, all the stuff. I preferably have you even know who they are. Yeah. I don't have, you don't have to have being in your face. Yeah. Yeah. But, and they know, they're going to know the date you get out that that's, it's over. Right. 
Right. Would you be able, do you think that it would be that easy for you to cut that person off? If you've been seeing that person for 20 years, though. Well, I believe in being polyamorous. Well, so. yeah. So it might turn into something else for you. Right. For you me, get- I probably <laughs> just be the other wife. Yeah. You know <laughs> so it just fall in. I ain't cheating anyway. Yeah. Right. I ain't got, I ain't got to go off ahead. I got somebody already at home. We, we being faithful. Yeah. We ain't bringing nobody else in the circle. When you come out, you're getting it. <laughs> That's it, but that's good. You know, more people should think that way. I'm telling you, it's the answer to so many questions. Yeah. Is at least a throuple. Yeah. Like, don't go out and be swingers and be all that weirdo, nasty couple that's always trying to be horny towards your neighbors. Yeah. Be a throuple. Be a true to the faith. You guys are going to do this. I don't care if it's two guys and a girl or two girls and a guy. It's going to work, even if it's three girls. Well, Woo! But I was just going to say that. How how do you say that to a, like, because we have a lot of heterosexual women out there. And, you know, do you think that they should have, like, two men? Like, because how would that work? If the man that, is understanding enough for it, then yeah. Because yeah. you don't see that set up that often with the two men. It's you don't, you don't have yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but I have even seen it in our home city that it is possible. Mm-hmm. But men are, you know, not as secure with a relationship and standards unless it's something extreme like what we were just talking about with jail. Yeah. With mm-hmm. an interaction. Women act, men are actually pretty sensitive when it comes to things that are sexual. Yeah. Like that. So that's why I'm saying it would be better for a female. You don't even have to be like bi- bisexual or gay. You guys can have your, your days when you have the intimacy days. Oh, yeah. You just know that in the, you know, I think because when I think about throuples, I think about everybody doing things. So the men would have to be bisexual, right? Or no? No. Nobody actually has to be bisexual at all. I haven't been in relationships where, you know, I'm I'm with her between um, Monday and uh, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Then I'm with, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. And then I'm with the other one Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I had Sunday for myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. So you guys never like interacted with all three of you? No. It was just, oh, But we all lived in the same house. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's different. I think, like, if I was in a throuple situation, we would all have to have interaction. Like, I think that's how it would be. (laughs) Well, because you're bisexual. Yeah, that's what it is. And I I think that one is the most uniform and best way to be. Yeah, I think so. if you're bisexual, then it does work way more uniform. Yeah. Um, it just, when you, in that, when you get down to the semantics of midnight and where you're at at this yeah. exact moment, cause people can start getting kind of petty like that. Right. And what happens actually on Sunday, if you're yeah. watching a TV show with somebody, it can start getting petty. If you guys don't have some form of just intimacy between the women themselves. That's what you know, I think or, so or at too. at least a yeah. good friendship. Yeah. You know, bonding in which they're not even kind of like tripping like that. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking all three should be like in the same bed, but in a situation like that, you didn't, cause that's too much work. You gotta be in this bed at this time then make sure you don't piss nobody off the coldest part is it it has to be because you do have to be that much understanding because even if you're bisexual there is going to be times when maybe you're on your period or maybe you was just tired and you came from work and he wants to be intimate or they too want to be intimate even if it's just two girls or two guys yeah yeah. uh, three situations they one of them was still up and ready and and you know kind of active yeah and they just have sex you can't have that jealousy in your heart right even right. though you're laying in the bed then yeah. they just sitting there getting it on that's true and see I've had menage a trois before but I have never done an actual polyamorous because I think two like two relationships like three people in a relationship it's just been too much you know but I do like the menage. You right, know? so that that's the that's beginning of the understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's a, it does take the maturity of mind right. to like come home from work and they already fucking. Right, because that's the whole thing. Like me walking into that is different, you know, because I'm like, I don't know if I want to come home and I see you guys already fucking. I feel left out. Like, like what? Right, but it had nothing to do with you. Right. It was just the moment when it happened. That's what I'm saying, right. 
you know. I'm like, I don't know about that. I've never been in that situation. It's always been like, you know, the three of us. It all becomes together. a different maturity. And yeah. When you say because because the coldest part is you may still want some, but you don't even want it at that moment. Yeah. So that's when uh, the funny thing is that's when the toy part gets kind of involved. If it's a person with a male, the ring gets involved, but just keep of erection. Yeah. Because it's just the the wanting of the intimacy still. Right. But, How do we go to this from the True Crime podcast? I, girl, girl, I mean, I just realized I, that. Also, I, I probably feel like I, I overly am ready to kind of like be an advocate for the 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 thruple the thing. Maybe, I mean, maybe, yes. maybe it's my fault. Buddha wants another wife, and I think he's trying to like put it out there, you ladies. I mean, no, I, oh, wow, I didn't another, say that. I didn't say that at all. They're looking for I did a not second. say that. I said I'm promoting it for people in lives. <laughs> people in lives. lives. I'm yeah. saying just be more open minded to being committed. Yeah. But being committed with more than one person in your life. Yeah, and it's going that direction. I mean, who says you can only love one person? You know, you you don't just love one person. Yeah. If you have more than one kid, if you have more than one parent, yeah. If you ever been broken up, if you ever had a high school sweetheart, yeah, and didn't marry that person, yeah, then you can definitely love more than one person because you already have done it. Yeah. Absolutely, and Absolutely. you love them for different reasons. Yeah, so that's one of the things. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm just kind of an advocate. I man, I have a very religious family, and mm-hmm. I've talked to them about it. And you went years. rogue. <laughs> You're like you went rogue. Huh? Well, no, I didn't go rogue. I just was disowned. Yeah, when when the time when it really wasn't hip. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So and now it seems like it's it's in like everybody's doing right. it. Right. I think know? even my mom's husband is doing it now. That's great thing. My mom's sister's husband is definitely doing it. I think even for financial stuff, like you know, three incomes better than two, oh better my than God. one. <laughs> I'm not that part. I was like, three. you don't care what job you have as yeah. long as you bring in something, but, y'all winning. Yeah, right. Like it's it because that financial part become like woo. Yeah, three people on the mortgage, three people on the fucking rent. Do you know how much you would be winning, girl? Like name the rent price and then divide it by three. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Like, name it. Yeah. And then you'd be like, wait a minute, I could pay a third of that. That's right. That's wild. Yes, everybody, consider polygamy, everybody. I guess that's what we're getting out of this week's episode. I, th- I think that's what we've got from this. Yeah. I think that was the, a good The Carr brothers are pieces of shit, and polygamy is wonderful. There it is. Yeah. I have high five to that. Yes. <laughs> well, next week, we actually have a special guest coming on. And it's funny that we was talking about the justice system because this special guest is actually, she is an advocate for people that have been wrongfully incarcerated. She's wonderful. She's doing her thing on Instagram and she's like really trying to spread a voice about how broken the justice system is. So I've been waiting like and so excited to talk to her. Like we are just going to have a great time next week. So I'm so excited. Like I've been talking back and forth to her. She's excited and she's bringing us a special case because there's a guy um, in prison right now that's been in there for 25 years and it's unclear on if he did it and most like he did not do it so it's like another leon benson situation she's coming to hit with her billy gold gruff yeah she's i not like playing. those semi done you know because mm-hmm. i feel like you know you can actively as the people yeah <coughs> and as a non-biased party mm-hmm. honestly that's one of the really things because we don't have nothing to lose yeah so i don't i don't care if you are innocent or guilty yeah you know, we're gonna it is the the truth of what we're seeking mm-hmm. absolutely so yes, we will have her on next week. I'm so excited. I'm so ready, man. I'm I'm kind of nervous though. She sounds like she's buff. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're crazy, Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. 
But until then, make sure you like, rate, review the show. I know I told you that in the beginning, but yes, review, review, review. Five stars, you guys. And make sure you follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Follow us on TikTok, Author Nisha, because I'm an author as well. Uh, make sure you send us a Gmail, hotgarbagenews at gmail.com, and join the discussion group, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Take care. Watch your back out there.